Thank you for downloading a sermon from the Chapel of the Cross. The Chapel of the Cross is a welcoming, growing, and historic Episcopal Church in Madison, Mississippi. I hope you will join us on Sundays for worship at 7.30 a.m., 8.45 a.m., 11 a.m., and 5 p.m., with Sunday school for all ages at 10 a.m. I also invite you to connect with the chapel online at chapelofthecrossms.org. Again, thank you for downloading this sermon. We pray it will enrich your walk with Christ. God bless you, and we look forward to welcoming you and your family to the Chapel of the Cross. Holy and loving God, write a message on our hearts, bless us, direct us, and send us out. Living letters of the word. Amen. Please be seated. This morning we hear yet another complex, powerful, and troubling story from the Gospel of Matthew. And like all parables, especially the series we have encountered over the past few weeks, it is meant to provoke. We are meant to be stirred and perhaps even to be made uncomfortable. This this story made some so uncomfortable that in the context of Matthew's gospel, it is one of the very last parables Jesus ever told. And shortly thereafter, he is arrested by the authorities and the drama of the passion and crucifixion begin. But why, we might ask, does this story make so many so very uncomfortable? What is it about these servants and their talents that create such angst, so much so that 2,000 years ago, some tried to permanently silence the teller? What is it about this story? For one, it is about money. And folks, by and large, don't want to talk about money, especially during stewardship season. Those of us who wear these funny clothes and call ourselves rector as well as much more effective members of our chapel, stand here every year and ask you to give, to give of your talent, to give of your time, to give of your treasure, to benefit both the parish and, more importantly, the work of God. And I pray that you have responded. Perhaps you have responded out of inspiration. Perhaps you have responded out of guilt. And perhaps you have responded so the preacher will shut his big mouth and stop talking about money and get on to discussing, oh, I don't know, the good news. And while I anticipate the kingdom of God for many, many reasons, one is the blissful absence of stewardship sermons. But until that day, you're stuck with me. That being said, Jesus talked a lot about money. As a matter of fact, One of Jesus' favorite topics is money. And if you scan the Gospels, you will find that Jesus talks about money more than almost anything. So let's talk about it. If we move beyond our discomfort, how can we translate this story, the three servants and their talents, into our lives in 2017? A man is going on a journey, and before he departs, he summons three of his servants. To one he gives five talents, to one he gives two talents, and to the third he gives one talent. Now, as I'm sure you all remember from Sunday school, a talent is not a small amount of money. 
According to some scholars, a talent could be up to 15 years of accumulated wages. And amazingly, the first two take this crazy amount of cash and double it, five into ten and two into four. I wish my broker was half as good as these guys. <laughs> Such abundance purposely communicates to the reader and to the hearer the very important point of how abundantly God blesses each and every one of us. But awareness of our blessings is only half the story, and I think we can learn more. Besides handing over our retirement funds to the first two servants' mutual fund, I hear two more learnings emerging from Jesus' story. For one, we must always remember what is ours and what is God's. Now, we work hard. We put our talents to good use, and from the sweat of our brow and the musings of our brain, we have done good things. And because of that, we have duly earned much that we enjoy. And we needn't be ashamed of what we accomplished. I bet those first two servants were pretty proud of themselves. But the root of what they received and what we receive is of God. Everything we do or produce ultimately came from God. All we have, if we really think about it, is gift. For, and we as Christians are called to be humble to be self-aware of what is ours and what is not, and to be thankful to the God who has given us so much. And second, we can learn this morning that what, with whatever we are given, after we are thankful, we are meant to do something. Here's where the third servant's laziness and wickedness comes in. When we are given something, we are called to use it, rather to put it in the proverbial hole. Actually, stuffing valuables in a hole was not uncommon in the first century. Because of the vicissitudes of life, often a hole in the ground was the safest place to stuff their talents. But we as Christians, we are called to go out from ourselves, to go out from this place, out from our comfort zones, and do something in the world do something in a world that so intensely needs us. If everyone just stayed at home and buried, buried their talent, we would live in a very dead world. I wonder what would have happened if the third servant had taken his talent and gone out and tried to double it like the first two, but ended up losing it. Would a servant with no talent, who tried to do something with one talent but failed, would that servant also be branded and lazy and wicked? I wonder, or would he have been commended for trying and for at least doing something? I think maybe the latter. Thankfully, here at the Chapel of the Cross, we do not bury our talent. And because of who we are and what we do, the Holy Spirit has blessed us with the abundance of new faces, new brothers and sisters in Christ. Many folk are out there looking for something, something holy, something with meaning. They are looking for God, but they might assume that if they visit a church, they will be met with extreme expectations, if not rejection. Too many beloved children of God are wandering in the wilderness with their hand trembling on the church door, 
afraid of what is on the other side. I once heard of a man who on the day of his confirmation burst into tears. The bishop asked him, why do you weep? And he responded, I never thought I would find a church that would welcome someone like me. The chapel is like that. You are welcome and you welcome well. If you walk through that door in a coat and tie or greasy coveralls, we welcome you. If you have a big purse or barely two pennies to scrape together, we welcome you. If you make noise during worship, we welcome you. If you are addicted or confused or anxious or damaged or a stranger or just strange, we welcome you. (laughs) If you look different or move different or love different or vote different, we welcome you. And if you want to be part of a vibrant, ancient, forward-looking, goofy, and effective community of faith, we welcome you. That welcome is doing powerful things. And as we continue to welcome and study and feed and preserve and serve and care, I believe great and abundant things will continue to happen. So as our stewardship comes to a close and we enjoy a celebratory breakfast down in the parish hall immediately following this service, I look forward to giving thanks with you for all of our blessings and then going out to do the ministry with what we have been given. Let us heed our calling boldly and unafraid, for if we do, we can do more than we can imagine. Amen.